just there's always this handy notification coming in from instagram telling you oh there he is hey someone else as well hey Raphael. all right hey hey hey. all right i'm such a granny when it comes to these things so please bear with me i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go live so, all right so today we're gonna dab into the topic of um how does media influence our perception of self and community hello hi hey <laughs> how how's it going i'm good let me turn you up i feel like my volume is like super low um so you're in dc right you're in what i'm calling washington dc yep i'm in dc southeast dc so i met victor in london um, so you were doing um, work here with your, um, correct me if I'm wrong, podcast, Intellectual Cool, um, which you and your friend, um, reg well, you regularly record podcasts about social issues, obviously, um, the black community, you know, how can we, how kind of like more solution based, you know, and you kind of tackle it like from different angles and very informative, very inspiring. And that's how we met. Um, you were just recording your podcast. And yeah, I feel like people need to know how amazing you are. So that's why I brought you on. Not because, like, See, that sounds better. That sounds way better. Than... Regular, <laughs> right? So I don't like, I have this thing, right? Maybe it's because I, like my mom always used to hype me up, but I have this thing where I feel like you need to tell every person that you come across what they're great at, you know? Someone, you, you may never know what that person is going through or if they're shy. So I like to just, you know, hype you up <laughs> you're amazing so i'll just say thank you you're amazing too thank you appreciate it so um yeah thank you for inviting go... me to this discussion <laughs> we're gonna go right into it right so i made loads of notes right i'm very geeky when it comes to those things i felt like it was never ending and i feel like mm -hmm. there's so many angles that we can kind of like go at this like topic but um there was a, a research piece that i found and uh it's called opportunity agenda and it was kind of mm -hmm. i mean like look like there's all like my notes here um so they kind of do it into like it's like five links to the chain of media perception of um well this mm -hmm. was actually going um this was dissecting the black male experience right so not even taking into consideration how black females get um uh how do you call it like our experience and what we go through and what the perceptions that we have in society um so this was going like five links to the chain so there is a distorted portrayal of the black male experience then there is why media patterns are distorted and there's a casual link between media and public attitudes so i don't know for example you like we always see the stop and search, you know, when you're in the car and you get stopped for some stupid thing, you know, and then the um, documentation of public bias, so conscious and unconscious bias. Um, so, I mean, I don't live the black male experience. So I would like, that's why I brought you on. Like I live the mixed girl in London experience. This is why you're here. Um, so what is your, like, do you feel that media has influenced you when it came to like your confidence or how people around you perceived you? What was your experience? I think so in terms of my own confidence, I may not necessarily think about uh, what the media puts out. Right. But when it comes to how I may address and think about things that I see that the media puts out, uh, I kind of lean on, I guess, my life experience and things that I've read 
and and whatnot. And when I discuss like these types of topics with people, I like to kind of go into those things. So I'm glad you brought up what you brought up. People that are watching this, we didn't really like, she didn't know that, I didn't know she was going to bring that up. But <laughs> surprise! there's this thing. So there's this thing that uh, my co-host Austin shared with me because we debate all the time about stuff. And uh, it was about uh, the numbers in terms of the police Police that are killed in America. There's set like seven hundred thousand police officers in America. Mm-hmm. I think there's about a uh, hundred and forty-seven uh, police killings, mm-hmm. like annually on average, by last year, and then or twenty eighteen. There was like a hundred and forty-seven, and only like forty-eight of those were by a firearm. And of those forty-eight. It was some of them were friendly fire, meaning from like other officers and like the line of duty or whatever. So that's 48. Some of them are from friendly fire from other officers. And that also includes white people, Hispanics, black people, whoever else. It's not unique to black people. So you have only 48 deaths of police officers out of 700,000 officers. And those 48 aren't from black people. So the idea that black males are a threat to police officers' lives is crazy because mm-hmm. the numbers don't prove that. But when you watch TV or when you see social media and you hear officers talking about um, they just want to make it home, you know, they were mm-hmm. they were scared or whatever, the evidence does not uh, show that that's actually something that they should be worried about when they're confronting black men. Um, and they confront black men aggressively. Uh, so knowing that, obviously I have to think about that as I like walk through life uh, in the U.S. And um, when I deal with police officers, I mean, I've had my own interactions with police officers and uh, I've never been arrested or anything like that, but I've definitely been searched. I've definitely been in vehicles where everything was taken out of the vehicle because someone allegedly said that they saw us waving a firearm out of the vehicle. Uh, I mean, I could, yeah, definitely there's been multiple things that has ha- that have happened, but the numbers do not show anything to the people that are saying that they're scared. The numbers don't prove that you should be scared, right? But numbers don't matter to people. But, but- and that's where... No, I'm saying, but the thing is, what I want to know, so I'm like a solution-based person, like, I I mean, I kind of know, but I want to know where is this fear coming from, and where, like, is this, like, narrative keep getting, like, peddled, that it's just, like, everyone, every person of color is a threat, and it's not just, like, it's not just men, like, I, um, this is in no means, like, in this, the, the scales that black men go through but I noticed that when I was in California last year for my birthday like when I went kind of out of like the city like people were clutching their purses when they're near me you know and it's just like I literally like Vic you see me in person like I'm like a little girl like like I have a big personality but I'm this small girl like I'm not here to harm anyone and it's just weird. Like, where does this perception start? And like, when I look through like all this research that I did, and that's just a small fraction, it really started like, like centuries ago. And this same narrative. And like, what they've been saying is that there's 
there is more black um, representation now, but the quality of representation is still lacking. So we're just like, okay, great. There's more black people on TV. Oh, I see a mixed girl with curly hair, but she's being just reduced to it, curly hair. And if she hasn't got corkscrew curls, then, you know, she's not pretty. Or I don't know. It's just like, I feel like the quality of how we're being represented is still not there. And like we've seen with like, with Chadwick, you know, passing and everything. It's just like, that was that was a lot like for, for us to see like a hero, right? To see someone who's a positive role model. But I just, it just hurts me to think that, is that a one-off? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why is it that it's just so one? Another thing, so the media likes to uh, point out the exceptions, right? right? There's billions of people on this planet and you always get the story of the exception. The exception is not the everyday person. When you hear about crime, for instance, if you hear the term black on black crime, that's a made up thing. The media made that up, right? And that's to instill fear into people because a lot of the things that are happening now in this country are based on uh, fear and uh, the media, whoever else having an agenda to push fear in, in certain people's minds. Uh, so if you think of the concept black on black crime, right? Sure, there's crime from black people against black people. But there's a crime from white people against white people. The majority of people that are murdered by far, the majority of white people that are murdered are murdered by other white people. The majority of white women that are murdered are murdered by white men. The majority of uh, police officers' wives that have that suffer violence, it's probably from their husband, right? So it, it's the thing is you have inner community crime, but it's not unique to black people. But the media has pushed this out as this thing it's black on black you don't hear about white on white crime or, or hispanic on hispanic crime it's for a long time for decades this has been a thing so now it's embedded in our minds and we say it. i mean you hear black people say black on black crime it's not because there's like some agenda but it's just part of our vernacular to say it so i think that's changing um, at least on one side of the coin, you, ha you have people changing the way they speak about things mm -hmm. on one side, but then you have a, the other side that's doing the exact opposite. They're trying to make it even worse. They're still pushing fear. And I, I think what needs to happen is to not necessarily worry about what's going on on the side that's pushing fear because you can't control that. Like somebody is always going to be doing that because they want to maintain power so for your own community or the people that align with the way that you think just continue to speak about things i guess more effectively and more honest and like not using the term black on black crime <clears throat> because it's not a real thing it's just inner community crime i mean also what i would what i want to add to what you just said i feel like this is like it's called neuro neurolinguistic programming so it's like a certain term or a phrase gets like, you know, 
dropped into like I don't know like uh, the news or we see it in the papers and it keeps getting repeated and the more that you hear it the more you kind of just take it on that that's part of my vocabulary now so I'm gonna use it you know so I think just from my perspective anyway I feel like it's kind of just getting like new phrases new positive like phrases or like words that we replace those things with you know because I feel like it's the narrative that's being like pushed like consistently and like also what you said about um the statistics also there's parts of the story often is like just missing you know where it's always like this thing where everything is like suffering but we have a lot of people in our communities that are thriving you know and it's like what you were saying it's like oh it's the exception to the rule it's not the exception like just in those like i would say past two years I focused more on like business stuff I've met so many black people who are just like crushing it like they're like insanely successful and I don't like you know obviously and then another thing is a psychological thing we want to be humble right we don't want to like brag too much but I'm thinking like yeah you're damn right brag like we should brag you know because like like what I said to you in the beginning like I feel like we're way too humble sometimes you know and it's like if you if you if you show that you're confident, like like you said, oh, you're the threat. I'm like, no, we're deserving of good things as well. And why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we vocalize that? You know. So, um, yeah. I mean, do do you think there was a difference in the way that you perceived that, that? Sorry, that you were perceived in the UK in like in comparison to the US. Um, I would say probably. I mean, I think it. For me, the UK is, uh, it's just different. Like, it's hard to really put words around it. Mm -hmm. I think it's more segregated in terms of, um, like, the I guess the, the parts of the city, for like a shore ditch, right? The shore ditch type area in the US would be very diverse, but it's not really that diverse. Um, in the UK, like you won't see large groups of black people necessarily in the middle of the day in Shoreditch. Like you're not going to see six black people walking down the street, at least not when I was there. Mm -hmm. But you know, you could go to Brixton or something like that. There's black people everywhere. Like it's just to me, the UK was different because it was every community had like its own separate makeup of people, and then the central part of the UK. Uh, was majority white, but I mean, I, I felt like I was in Europe, so I, I expected that, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I was in, in China, <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> you'd be surprised. I, I'd say my for myself, though, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think as an American traveling other places, you are, it's already like obvious a lot of the times if you're an American and especially if you're not white right if you're like a black american like it's kind of obvious that people that aren't even like for other black people in the uk they kind of can tell as soon as you open your mouth they obviously know but like even before like a certain thing that you may just be able to tell like oh he's probably unless you've been living there for a while you kind of just blend in but yeah i think i was perceived differently but i didn't really think about it that much at that time but you mean like you perceive know. them in a more positive way or like uh, you felt I didn't feel a threat of I didn't feel like fear of uh, <laughs> the police doing anything to me or anything. Or I didn't have like 
That, I mean, I just think it's the country. Like, it depends on where you are. Like, there's going to be certain parts of town that you can be in anywhere in any part of the world where you should probably, like, watch your back. And I've been in places in the UK like that, right? Like, it was an incident where, like, I think I was looking for, uh, it's like when I got there, I was, I don't even know where I was at, but I was looking for, like, this spot to stay in. Mm-hmm. And, um, it like some dude, it was like two dudes, younger dudes, and they asked, dude asked me to use my cell phone. And I, I was like laughing at him. I was like, I'm not about to let you use my cell phone. What do you think? Who do you think? Like, you think I'm stupid? But the thing is, he could, I mean, I could just be assuming that it was so, something that somebody was trying to do and it was up to no good. But I'm like, I don't know you. Like, I don't, I see where I'm at. Like, I'm not stupid. But that's literally anywhere in the world. Like I've been to multiple countries and there's always an area where there's going to be people that are poor and it's probably going to be a young person that will probably not have anything to do and they want some money or they want some food or whatever the case. So they'll do whatever they have to do. And like, are we going to villainize people like that? Yeah, people shouldn't do bad things, but like I don't necessarily view people like that's the worst people in the world. It's like you're in a condition and now you're reacting to the condition that you're in. Then it doesn't give you a pass for consequences. Right. But it's just, I don't know. Like I could go no, on about I that. Agree, but. I agree with you. Cause I was about to say that you have to look at social, like socioeconomic status and like what that particular area, um, like sometimes like a breeding ground for people just kind of acting up and like kind of just, being led astray you know sometimes it really is a location thing um I truly believe that because once I moved like to another country like there were so many more opportunities I know it sounds very corny but I don't know if you've been to Austria but it's a whole different ball game uh just being like even being like the way I look you know over there I'm perceived as just black you know um however I I you saw like I I went there um a few weeks back and it's gotten a lot better. Um, there was no one that spoke to me in English. Um, I had this thing where everyone always spoke to me in English because they thought I was a foreigner, even though I was born there. Um, so I think the picture is changing worldwide, but I feel like it's just a bit of a slow kind of trickling change. And for me, my issue is just like things like, it's like unconscious bias, you know, like what you were saying just now. Um, <laughs> It's like, you know, when you sometimes you walk into a room and you could just like, okay, I'm just going to say like in corporate, you know, and it's just like you could just feel like eyes on you or they expect you to be a certain way or like you're, I feel like this, this, this image has been painted and I can only speak for women of color, but that we're kind of like silly or ditzy and just kind of been overly sexualized and just... I don't know. I feel like that still needs a lot of like attention and awareness um, because just in the spaces that I've been moving in, I just feel like, oh yeah, yeah, that like you know the exotic girl, like yeah, yeah, she'll say something, you know, and yeah, yeah, you know, and it's. Just I think. Go ahead. To me, as I mean, as a man, I'm, I'm speaking from. I don't have the same experience as a woman, but. From the outside looking in and also listening and having like discussions about this, I realized like women have completely different, a completely different set of issues um, 
that Ben don't even have to think about. Like, so there, there could be like the thing that you just said about being ditzy, or there could also be the overly aggressive woman. When in reality, she's just as a as type A as a male, but like it will be perceived differently. Uh, or maybe that could be like the the whole caddy thing. But then if a man is doing the same thing, there's no term for it, right? Uh, and then there's like also, I think. Woman, the physical aspect of just like being in an office or being outside and like the expectations of a, that a woman have to do to prepare is something that men don't even really uh, think about. But, you know, we want to bounce it back to the media thing. It's just like it's based on the images that you see in these spaces. Like these are this is how women look in this space. If you don't look like. Right the exception then it, i mean you better be smart and you better be the best at this job because but isn't you it, won't you won't isn't it just like but you know i'm immediately thinking about like movies that i've seen like you know remember like halle berry and like do you remember like boomerang like i'm showing my age here but <laughs> so, like do you remember like it was just like there was the one that um eddie murphy's like love interest at first and i was really kind of over the top aggressive and okay any, anyone wants to like quote me on this i'm aware movies have changed but anyway i've just remembered that one movie and then halle berry was the one that was just being ditzy and she was just like you know kind of like the geeky but she was not being taken serious even though she was highly intellectual but she still was painted as kind of like being kind of like you know silly like the silly geek so um i do feel like the movie industry also plays a big role in that it's like not just news yeah. but just how it, the characters that but you should be able to be both exactly. right you can be both and that's where you don't have like a lot of people get their cues from like mainstream, you know, culture, you know, pop culture, whatever it is. But you could be both, and you don't have to be uh, something that you saw or design your life around. So just be who you are. You know, obviously, there's like, uh, it, well, to me, some people may not agree with this, but I do feel that there are like certain rules that you have to go by because you're in a community, you're in a shared environment with people when whether it's business or whether it's sports or whatever it is so i don't ignore that aspect of it um but you can be a little bit of whatever you want to be you know what i mean just don't be disrespectful don't hurt anybody like yeah that's it and, and but when know. you're when you're talking about there's certain rules um what do you what do you mean like say if you're going to a specific workspace like they have particular rules that you should follow or you mean rules as in the black community um well i'm speaking from the general general okay. sense but i mean as a black person you may be in a situation where for instance your hair right your hair may be deemed inappropriate because it grows out of your head differently than another person right your hair can be six six inches long and another person nobody will say anything but your hair it grows differently to me i don't care about that i may have cared about it at one point but i think that that's just something if you decide that you want to grow something that comes out of your body <laughs> <laughs> like the way that it comes out of your body like nobody that 
it's not like the person making that rule, their hair is the same as yours, right? But they had, they may or may not have hair. They could be bald, right? But like, I guess my point is that's something where I would probably buck the system on. But when it comes to like etiquette in terms of how you treat people in a workspace, um, yeah, you may be able to change things as time goes on. But I think as long as it's equal and like the if I say something and you say something, there shouldn't be like a separate set of a separate reaction. It should be the same reaction. So I guess when it when I'm saying that set of rules, there should be there shouldn't be separate rules for a man and a woman or separate rules for uh, an older person and a younger person or a black person and a white person. But we know the perception. If I'm in, I, I can tell you from my own experience, there's been scenarios where people have felt threatened by me raising my voice in certain situations. So I, I'm mindful of it. Now I cannot do it or I can just continue to do it. But I'm not a person that normally raises my voice. But if I challenge certain people, people will feel threatened for multiple reasons. It could be uh, so like they may not feel threatened by you in the same way they would feel threatened by me. And it's been a thing. It's been a real thing. I've I've been told this like on the side sideline conversations. And this has happened in work situations. It's happened in like regular life situations. And it's usually been like white women. It's never really been white men, but like it's usually been a white woman that would say something to somebody else that like they felt threatened because I challenged them. And I don't, people that know me know I'm not somebody that raises, I don't raise my voice like that. But for whatever reason, the media has told them that if I raise my voice, because maybe my voice may be deeper. Or maybe it's maybe my physical presence may seem to be intimidating to somebody. I may be considered a threat. So they don't want they want you to be kind of like mild mannered. And and it's like you I'm mild mannered naturally, but I'm not going to not say what I need to say when I need to say it, you know, so there's so many things that I could touch upon within just that one like story you just told me. But I feel like in general regardless of where you're from i feel like there's a real danger that comes when you're having to tone yourself down and not experience the whole spectrum of your emotions and whether you were it's difficult because again there's so much expectation attached and unconscious bias and conscious bias that we always we have like this guilt attached to it as well sometimes when we feel certain types of emotions whether it's sadness or being angry you know and i feel like i don't know what happened between those people and you but it's kind of sad to think that you kind of then have it in your head like well the next time i'm really upset about something i really don't want to raise my voice but what if in that particular moment what if the other person is raising their voice and then you're just there and you're like uh okay if i do something now I don't know. It's just but imagine, imagine this though, and this is not really an imagination thought. This is actual real life experience. I'm raising my voice to emphasize a point Mm -hmm. about a subject. Someone else may raise their voice to point a finger at a person and to criticize and be critical of an individual where that may not be determined to be uh, a threat with them being critical of a person 
that they may dislike or have like some bias the way they will be critical to to you, but they won't be critical to the person sitting next to you that could say the exact same thing as you. Where I'm not a I'm not necessarily a finger pointer, but I will emphasize my points. I like to debate anyway. I'm a Gemini and like ENTP and all that. So like I'm going to debate and I'm going to push my point until you know I can't push it anymore. But that will be considered threatening. But this pushing a point. But this is it. It's it's, <laughs> it's about normalizing that people of color have different spectrums of emotions and whether you like again like first of all it's this whole thing where when we're sad you know we're not meant to show weakness because we always have to be strong and then when we are strong and like you said i'm not saying anger is strength but it's just like in that particular moment if you put side by side there's a caucasian guy who's angry raising his voice oh yeah it's a bit of a mental problem but you know he'll be all right and then you do it oh my god he's a threat you know maybe he's armed like it's just like you know what i mean it's just kind of putting it on the scale and it just doesn't add up so again but the, the, the thing is there's nothing that and this is where i want to get into like right. solution right yeah. there's really no solution there's no it's not really well, your job to fix anybody like not to say there's not a not to say people won't change right but as the person dealing with this and you're just living your life every day you have to pay your bills you have to maintain your health and try not to get you know diabetes and all types of other <laughs> random sicknesses and ailments out there yeah. all of these things you have to do just like every other human being but you're also expected to change society that maybe they're doing things against you and you're expected to convince them to not be like that towards you I don't really have enough bandwidth to do that with everyone. I can do it with when it comes to like the youth or maybe the people that are directly in my community. But in terms of like changing people in it, like seven states over in the middle of the country, like I, I don't really uh, believe that that's my my no, calling. But it isn't. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it isn't, and it it shouldn't. Well, it shouldn't be our duty to first of all educate people or convince people. I think that should just be general, like common sense. That you shouldn't have your work should never be up for discussion. Or if you are a good person, it shouldn't be something that you have to prove you just are or you aren't. So if that person doesn't get it because they're projecting, as we both know, usually people only perceive you in their realms of their perception what they're capable of seeing you know sometimes people can't be objective so that's on them right but what i'm saying is that because we we want to get back to the media point um i just feel like there needs to be more storytelling um of positive black stories positive stories of indigenous people positive stories of asian people you know like positive stories of mixed race people like that's what i'm working on right now um and just you know of course it'll take time but i feel like we could do within the in in the in the spectrums of people that are in our close community you know it doesn't have to be someone that's i don't know like person that we saw once on on a plane ride or something like you know um but kind of people yeah, kind I, I of start small you know think of the story of like the inner city kid that gets uh, four acceptance letters to the Ivy Leagues that all well, they get accepted to all the Ivy League universities. Uh, that's great, right? And I think that should be celebrated. But what about the kid 
that basically was about to drop out, and now his report card is B's and C's, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's also a win, but it's not something, it's not the exception. It's not the exceptional uh, young black man. But the fact that this kid is in school, and that's like an actual normal occurrence. And sometimes people feel like the youth and adults, they feel like if they're not living up to this celebrated image of the exception, that their regular, uh, quote unquote, regular um, accomplishments aren't enough. They aren't enough to share. Well, in reality, it is enough. Like you literally were going to drop out of school and now you're a BC student. To me, that's enough. That's more than enough. Like it's enough for you to get started. It's enough for you to go forward. And that's where when you uh, shared the, the topic with me, when you when you said, like, how do people feel after they finish scrolling? And I feel like people feel like they're trying to, uh, I don't know, like keep up, right? Right. You're trying to you're trying to keep up with what you see, yeah. but what you see is literally the highlight of the highlights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to get into this uh, this wheel of sit, thinking that if we're not doing what the highlights are, then you're not winning. Like, I feel like I'm winning every day, right? Like I get to, I get to start over again the next day because I woke up and yeah, like it's not about the highlights all the time. I'm not saying you should, that you have to share your life in every moment on Instagram and like, or whatever the case may be. But it's, if you want to share the, the, the non highlights, I I remember like years ago, I was living in Atlanta and I, I posted a photo. It was a selfie. I was in the laundromat. And like, <laughs> because like, mm. I mean, I live in a house now. I got like, washing well, drive my house. But like back then, this is why I was working in the music industry. I didn't have that in my house. Right. And I posted a photo. I was like, yeah, I know y'all probably out in the club popping bottles. But I'm doing laundry right now. <laughs> like, because like, this is my regular life. This is what I'm doing. The you know what I'm saying? Too, <laughs> like so that. You don't have to be. I, my clothes are clean. My clothes are clean and I can actually get, you know, I'm about to fold them and they warm. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody else does not have clean clothes. So the idea that like that's not enough to me, that's a highlight. If you want to share your laundromat moments, do it. (laughs) I'm going to put that as a, like, I need to do a meme. I need to make a meme out of it. If you want to share your laundry moment, then please do like growth. No, hashtag growth. No, I'm doing (laughs) No. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying, gonna, man. Like, no, um, and then you get the upgrade. Now you're getting dry clean clothes, and now you got creases, <laughs> creases in your jeans. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you're good now. Ooh. You went from laundromat to folding your own clothes, and now you're getting clothes on a hanger in a plastic wrap. So, <laughs> that that's what I feel matters. Like, don't try to keep up, just feel. Like your life is actually enough and just always be looking towards something else for your own life. Don't right. feel like you have to go, uh, you know, you got to you got to fly to Dubai or fly to, uh, I don't know, like some random location. Well, the new thing is the most- everybody's in Mexico right now. I don't know. I just keep seeing people in Tulum and I'm just like, I need to be like, do I need to be in Mexico? I'm not sure. So <laughs> I don't 
think so. Like I'm I'm good here right now. Um but yeah, I don't know. I would like to go one day, but I just don't feel like you said, I don't feel like I have to do something because it's trending right now. I keep seeing it on my timeline. And maybe that's just And it's okay to wanna go. It's that and it's perfectly yes, but, fine, right? But at the time that's that's you know, suitable and like ideal for me not that's ideal for social media you know like if i want to get good content i can do that somewhere here like in europe you know um but i, I remember do you remember uh was it last year everybody went to ghana yeah um, everybody went to africa it. like they went to Nigeria. yeah it was a year of return it was a year of return for you know 16 19 2019 400 years year of return trip yeah, I mean, I was like, man, that's great. But I was like, ah, it looks good. I don't know if I would want to be there right now, but I do want to go. Um, but, mm, but this but, is okay. But then you say, why? Why did you say? Why do you say that? Like, you feel like just personally, or like it's not a destination you want to go to, or why? Why do you say that? Well, no, I want to go personally. Like, okay. it's already like on my list of places to go. It only I was going to actually go in October, but. It was just some visa issues I didn't feel like dealing with. But um, anyway, yeah, it's a, somebody asked what today's topic is. Yeah, I, I was just about can... to type it. So it's um, how media um, influences our perception of self and community. So we've just been kind of touching upon um, kind of black stereotypes being like regurgitated throughout um, time and how there's like a lot of unconscious bias um, just within society like whether it's our own people or people that we meet um that aren't black or aren't of color and also how we can kind of tackle that personally and that we're kind of not on this earth to convince people that we're good people in a nutshell um yeah, but... self-image like how does how does media uh, inform how yeah. we feel about ourselves yeah uh, how we feel about our communities right and you know all of those things and yeah, that's 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 the topic. Um, I was also going to add to what you said about social media because it's good that you touched upon it because I definitely would have forgotten it because I was like fixated on movies and news and everything. But um, I also like exactly what you said. It's a highlight reel, but I also feel that they're just as much as like see how like you know I don't know everyone's into gardening, right? Just as much as you would nurture and plant specific plants or flowers vegetables whatever in your garden you have to be with your social media so i was going to also add to what you said to really really clean up your social media and i mean really clean up your timeline um i strategically unfollow accounts these days that are negative and that are um kind of re like really kind of just peddling a specific narrative that is harmful to my mental well-being and it may be okay for somebody else and you and i have spoken about this on the phone last week right um yeah. i'm not gonna name names but there are specific accounts that even say that they're pro-black and all they do is literally regurgitate black trauma all they it's like i call it there's a there's a term for it, it's called trauma porn and i don't know if anyone in here who's still in here um knows about it but you're not doing the world any good uh, or anyway, our mental health and good when you keep resharing black pain and black trauma. Yes, we do need to know about it, but at the same time, we need to also be mindful of that not everybody can be desensitized to such extreme, horrific, painful images. And like, 
on literally on constant on constant repeat on constant repeat so um you and i were speaking about this that there are specific people that are being like oh my god they're like you know thank god they're sharing all of this but all they're sharing really is just pain and at what yeah, point do we at definitely. what point do we say okay cool uh okay i understand there is real real issues here but are we actually looking for a solution or are we just going to continue this pain narrative like because i feel like even us talking being joyful laughing traveling all this stuff like you know that is a revolution in itself because by those standards we're just meant to be suffering so for yeah. me, i'm just saying like you know i i i just refuse to believe that our destiny is just suffering because it isn't yeah i think i think it's a balance um you know there's a thing called an algorithm and your right. feed is dictated by the algorithm you could follow five thousand people on instagram and you're only going to see maybe like maybe 50 people yeah. post on a regular basis right yeah. or i don't know like you may see some things in your uh search whatever that is discover page but like it's usually people you don't even follow mm -hmm. so you didn't necessarily decide that it's deciding for you based on multiple things based on people you follow based on things you've liked in like five six seven years ago uh based on a lot of different things so i think when you when you talk about being manipulated by negative things that are being shared because that's what it is is mind manipulation you just have to balance it out just don't listen to the uh the negative things the majority of the time and if you find that it keeps showing up in your feed you just may have to unfollow it and i think that that's like a self uh you know clean cleaning up your own house type of mm -hmm. thing right because the internet's not going to do it for you like nobody's going to do it for you if you need to log off for a month you should not feel like you're missing out on anything because your real life matters more than the things that are on the the computer or on uh the internet instagram youtube whatever the case may be so if you need to log off just log off i've done it you know not for a month but like i was like <laughs> what was the longest logged off for instagram what was the longest well so Instagram, like probably like 10 days, but like I, I wasn't really that pressed about it. But the thing like with Facebook, I just added the app back to my phone like last week. I did not have the Facebook app on my phone for several years, probably like maybe five, four or five years or something like that. So it's not like I never went on Facebook, but it's just I don't go there to find my information because it shares the same thing and it's usually it's sad to see it but it might be family members that are sharing articles about donald trump every day right and i'm like wow i get it like <laughs> i mean you but you realize that they're consumed yeah but they're consumed by it mm. and it's just like it's too much other things going on for me to like really pay attention to what's showing up on my feed uh about this so it, it's probably more beneficial for you to read a book right and you know you can get a little bit of social media too but find a balance don't have that be your main source of information because somebody else is dictating that for you and they're manipulating you in a way that it may i mean i'm not going to make it seem like this uh 
conspiracy thing or whatever, but that's just what it is. Like algorithms do that because it's a money driven industry. Like they're selling advertisement. So this, well, this don't, AI tool. So it is really, it really is a, is an artificial intelligence tool. You can look this up. You can literally Google it. Mm-hmm. And it really, as soon as your explore page is tailored to what you just said is tailored to what you like, who you interact with on the regular basis. And it then cultivates this whole feed for you. So if you tend to just go on pages that are negative, then your explore page will essentially be negative. And that's what's going to be. Because you said, right, you had like, say, you have 5,000 people you follow. You will not see those 5,000 people. You'll see 50 or 20. I don't know. I mean, I follow like 1,000 something. And I, I definitely just see like 20 people. I don't know. I feel like I keep seeing the same people. I mean, it's good. I'm happy. That's all it is. Yeah. So I'm saying, but it's like, I, I make it, I make a conscious effort of who I follow. If I see the person is just like negative or they just, I don't know, there has to be some kind of exchange of value as well. You know, like, am I really, is there a value here? Like, you know, and I don't know if it's just, just you're not, you're not missing out. You're not missing out on anything. If you don't follow them anymore, like there's enough going on in the world where it's not going to affect anything, but um, I think so. We talked about this, I think, on the phone, or maybe I probably touched on it. I mentioned it. So, like the the whole idea of like sharing negative images, mm-hmm. the stuff is out there. If you want to go see it, you know where to go find it, right? Yeah. When something happens, the stuff keeps happening. There's always police shootings. There's uh, inner community violence. There's always different things. But when I think about like right now, you have like Black Lives Matter, right? However you feel about that, it is what it is. It doesn't matter, like for the purpose of this conversation. But they have a mission as an organization. Their mission right now is focused on police reform on a national level. Uh, Because locally, like there's 50 states in the U.S. and every state has its own set of rules. Uh, then every locality may have some other separate rules. So it's so many nuances to that. But they're looking at like national level reform. Um, Now, when something happens in the black community, somehow Black Lives Matter, the name of the organization comes up, right? But we know, one, it's an organization, but it's also just, a uh, a phrase that people say so it's not always attached to the organization okay but if you are someone like myself who lives in a black community and you're aware that there are other organizations in that community that do marches or that do work in that community are there people whose whole lives have been centered around stopping violence in their own communities I could name like Guns Down uh, DMV, I think, or Guns Down DC. They're like, that's one organization. Anytime something happens, they're, they're there, right? You can get the information from them. I mean, they're doing all types. They're giving out food or giving out other types of resources where these things are actually happening. Um, there's a guy in, um, in this area, this guy named uh, Ronald Moulton. I mean, he's from this area, older older guy um it's not old he's just older than us um but like he basically was he's he's had a program for a long time where they were stopping violence 
from like intervening between like whether it was gangs or whatever other groups because they came from that culture from back in the day. So for a long time, that was the work that they were doing. So they have a different set of skills and a different, uh, they have different information because they've been living it. And then you have like other uh, local politicians, uh, like I think, who can I think of? Like Sharice Crawford, right? She was the ANC for a while. She does other things in the Democratic Party, but she's like a local person. Anytime something happens, whether it's before, after, like these people are always involved and they have information. They're sharing resources. Uh, we've got Trayon White, who's the Ward 8 uh, council member here. But these people are literally here and doing the work on a regular basis. Why is it that people think because they don't see that or they didn't hear about it? And this is something that is going to, we can say this for every city. There's some group and some organization in every city, but you never heard of them because the media is not putting them up there, right? It's putting up whatever they want to put up right now. Black Lives Matter. It's not like they're not doing work for police reform, but don't always associate the one organization that you heard of on social media as the solution. It's not a centralized uh, solution <laughs> for issues in the community. That's just one organization. It's a decentralized set of groups that are doing work, and it, and that's what it is. So I think the idea that people don't care about what's happening in their community or nobody's doing anything is false, but that's what you hear mm. in the media. So I think basically the takeaway is also to do your own research and kind of just look outside, like where you are locally. Um, I don't know if it's okay with you. I mean, obviously, I'll put it up on my page. Um, if people can message you or if you can put it, I don't know if there, there'll be time, it's like eight minutes um, to put those names from those organizations either in the chat or if you can just add it maybe to the comments once I post the video from the organizations in DC. Um, but I also wanted to share something with you um, completely. Um, so go, Sorry, going back to social media because I didn't get to it. So there is uh, pages actually that focus on positive aspects of being a person of color and also kind of going back to what you said about what is the solution right so you've just given me solutions in person so i want to give some solutions just for social media because i'm good at social media like you know see always posting some cute pic not just, so I'm <laughs> no i'm being silly i'm sorry um so yeah, oh, you gotta post everything you post the pictures you post this, yeah, it's, that's it's how a balance. Know. Exactly, right? So, that's how you get people in, you know? I reel them in. I just tell them everything. No, I'm joking. <laughs> a little, a little um, so there's a page called the Nap Ministry. Um, amazing page. Um, I follow them. Um, basically, it's, I'm just going to say it in one sentence, it's about reiterating that we need to rest as well because a lot of times we're trying to overcompensate and it's about, you know, really just like taking, like you said, taking a breather and just, you know, okay, I'll have this moment, you know, and I won't feel guilty, you know, if I, if I'm not working. Um, then there is a uh, well-read black girl. Um, there's also really, really important. Um, actually, you could check this out. I, I've just started going on their app. It's called Official Black Wall Street. And they have an app on the app store, um, which lists every single black business. Um, I think it's just in the United States, but I have a feeling it may be even further than that. 
And then there's another one called Female Collective and the Free Black Women's Library. So there's loads of them. Once you follow one of them, like we just said, this AI tool kind of just suggests pages below um, that have a similar kind of, um, Nicole Mantra, I don't know, a similar kind of like, you know, motive. Um, yeah, and I feel like there is there is positivity out there, and like you just said, and I love that you you got involved locally as well, and you didn't just look for the one stop solution because sometimes you just got to look at the grassroots, and it's just like it's right in front of you. You know, people have been have been doing yeah. work. So, like, so intellectual cool. Um, that's the group that uh, myself and my uh, co-host, I guess, co-founder Austin. Uh, we found it back in like 2014, right? There, so there's this thing like we, so we have a podcast, but we don't, we haven't been recording since April. Like we used to do our show every week at uh, Eaton. Um, it's a space in DC, mm-hmm. but we started like I have my own like home studio. And we started there, but then the Eaton opened up and they asked us to be a part of their like list of shows or whatever. Uh, but since that closed, we had a discussion in. Basically, we decided, you know, COVID's going on. We're not really going to prioritize doing this podcast right now. Like, we may record here and there, but, like, we'll take a little breather. But Intellectual Cool started as a discussion of face-to-face, like, event company. Like, doing discussions and whatever else. You know what I mean? We did a, a part discussion series for like two years in dc called another look where we basically discuss all types of social issues and it would be like maybe 30 people sitting the chairs were set in a circle right we would moderate but there was no like rules necessarily to this discussion those types of spaces are rare you hear about panels you hear about like things where somebody's leading the thing but terms of like a space for everybody to say what they want to say and feel comfortable. It's a rare thing. You know what I mean? And that's why like we were able to do it for so long. But the reason I bring that up is just because we did that, we could do it again, but we did it. Don't feel like you have to live up to something that you've already done. Like you've already impacted people. Right. You don't have to do the same thing or chase that ghost, right? If it, unless it's there for you to do and you're called to do it, then do it. But it may be something else for you to do. You may just need to sit down for a little while. <laughs> like you don't always have, like seriously, you don't always have to feel like the, the, I gotta be the person in, in the front all the time. Right. Sometimes you may need to go support somebody else's thing, but your thing that you did, you've already impacted people. So everybody wants this grand scale, uh, this grand scale solution that they found it. No, this is where decentralized solutions come from. It's not about, it's gotta be here for the next 50 years. It may be for two years, it may be for six months. You know what I'm saying? It may be for five years, who knows? But you've impacted your community keep doing whatever else you need to do next right so yeah i think that's another thing people feel like they have to chase ghosts i like and that I'm i never feel, using that. like i never feel like that like there's no i've already done it like if you want to talk about it you want to ask me how to do it i can tell you how to do it 
and I don't feel like I'm not doing enough if I've already done it, right? So kind of so, what I just yeah. said about just taking like a rest and just kind of, you know, yeah, like kind of just not going over and beyond the whole time and like over extending yourself. Um, we've got like two minutes, so I don't like when it cuts off like randomly, but um, is there any like um, closing advice or anything um, you want to still say? I think you've kind of just encapsulated it quite well, but... Yeah, like, again, don't feel like you have to chase your own ghosts. And also, uh, right now, just be focused on your spirit, right? I think that's where a lot of things are happening in the world because of spiritual deficiencies, um, whether it's, like, inside your own community or outside. And that's where I feel most people need to be. It's not about one particular religion. Um, you do what you feel, but well, if it is a religion, just focus on your spirit, and and if that means remove yourself from media and social media for a little while, do it. I love that. I love that. Oh my god! Thank you so much, Victor. Um, obviously, we're gonna touch base after this. Um, you can watch this back on my page. Make sure you follow Victor. Um, Vic Purcell, V I C K Purcell, double L. <laughs> Did I do that one? <laughs> I'm a good promo, yep. I'm, a good, I'm a good promo. <laughs> All right. <laughs>